Dad Bod Rap Pod. This is Nate. Um, I'm alone here in the studio. Um, we're a little scattered right now. Dave was on an international trip. Damone, busy with the wife, kids, job, rap career, life, etc. So um, we're going to do this episode a little bit different. Um, basically, what we have for you today is an interview with Billy Woods, um, one of the great rappers um that's working right now has his own illustrious solo career he's half of arm and hammer he runs backwoods studios which is one of the most interesting and progressive labels in hip-hop um and in this interview he gets into kind of um all of that touches on it briefly um it's a short interview so not as an excuse, but as a reason. I just want to kind of give you guys a little peek behind the curtain of what we do. Um, we get together every other Monday as schedule permits for the three of us. And then Dave kind of scrambles to try to get us all of these interesting guests. And so we um, kind of take what we can get. We're in San Jose on West Coast time. And it doesn't always align with the schedules of the people that we want to talk to, especially on Monday nights. But considering all that, I think we're doing all right. But um, on this particular night, we have a we have a night like this every couple of months where things just don't seem to go according to plan. So we had a bunch of interviews stacked up. We had a Cutso in studio. Um, he actually lives really close to me, so that was easy enough. So he was here when this happened, but we just had back-to-back-to-back phone interviews lined up. Um, A really famous DJ was one of them. He couldn't make it. Um, A a rapper who we're all really big fans of but isn't necessarily famous. We had a bizarre phone conversation with him, and then his phone cut out after seven minutes, and we thought he hung up on us. And then it was time to talk to Woods, and he is a super interesting guy, really thoughtful guy. Um, we're really appreciative that he took time out of his evening to talk to us. So why don't you guys listen to this interview and we'll uh, catch up a little bit at the end. But real short episode, like I said. Ted Bod Rap Pod. All right, Dad Bod Rat Pod always has the dopest guests. Today we have Woods of uh, of a couple of different fames, but uh, runs Backwoods uh, Music and also a part of the Arm and Hammer duo. Thanks for joining us on the program. No problem. I'm happy to be here. Right on. Um, so we talked about you a little bit on the podcast this year. We had Paul Thompson on who wrote um, the review of Paraffin for Pitchfork, and um, he led off the story with uh, his his piece with this kind of interesting story about um, your early days with Vortal Mega and um, the kind of when you got started in New York. Can you just kind of talk, talk to us a little bit about that time and when you started rapping and um, kind of like how you got into the game? Um, okay. Uh, I think, huh. Well, when I, when I first, um, started doing my own stuff, I guess I would have to strike a distinction between when, um, you know, I met Vordal and that was basically, he was a person who, uh, 
showed me that you could even do things like that. You know, I was always appreciative of the art form. Mm, but sure. I didn't know people who did it. It wasn't something attainable to me. Mm-hmm. There's a bit like the difference between knowing you like cartoons and then meeting somebody who's an animator and sure. being like, whoa, <laughs> you could actually just do that as a thing. Um, and also just his constant encouragement in terms of, he's just a very open person. He always encouraged everyone to express themselves. So it was, uh, it was a good environment to be in because there's this person who's legitimately great at something who's always encouraging you to contribute, um, even though I was no, not any good. <laughs> um, and so anyway, you know, it was just sort of something I was doing on my own because I went back to D.C. and such forth. And then um, once it got more serious for me and I moved back, uh, that's when I started the label, kind of. Okay, okay. Hey, man, uh, when we were trying to set up this um, interview, you said you were, on, you were on a mountain in Jamaica. Where are you right now? <laughs> uh, I'm actually sitting in a Greek restaurant in the East Village. Oh, okay, okay. You know, so, um, no, no mountain in Jamaica right now. <laughs> um, I, arguably, I'd switch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Teleport. So would we? Um, you know, what's your just just bare bones? What's your writing process like? Um, I think it depends. It, it depends if you want me to speak specifically about album projects. Okay, so um, it switches. It's it's a bit different because. I've taken different approaches with different specific projects. Okay. Um, so. Well, you know what? Let's touch on the, the Arm & Hammer stuff then. Um, you know, what's the creative process for that like? Uh, okay. Well, I'd say that um, especially more recently when Elucid and I have. Um, when it, yeah, this one. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, when Elucid and I were, uh, were working on the last two records, you know, um, a lot of the times I was, we would discuss on the phone, the idea, or, you know, which beats or through email or discuss things. And then a lot of the stuff I was going to record with him. Yeah. So it's kind of like we talk about it, and sometimes we get on the phone and, you know, hey, what have you done, or whatever, whatever, like this. But honestly, a lot of my writing for the last two Arm & Hammer projects it took place by myself. Mm. Um, a lot of times it's the, – the, the approach is so different because sometimes it's just like this is a beat, and if somebody writes something, then the other person tries to add on or mm. – follow up or bring their own perspective to it and then there were other times where i think it was like you know you get the beat and you're the one who picked it and so you hit the other person and say i really like this beat here's my idea and maybe some rough concept or sometimes thank you oh sometimes it's something as simple as um sometimes it's just something as simple as a title Mm. and then seeing where both people go with the title um, and then I guess as far as rewriting and revisions and how I approach that whole aspect, it really depends on 
the record and the process definitely an Arm and Hammer record. I'm more likely to rework things if he does his thing first. Although usually, yeah, depending on what's happening, I'm more likely to say, oh, this might have fit a little better if I, better if I change this or that. Um, whereas a lot of times, you know, if you're working by yourself, a lot of the editing and changes may have already taken place before mm. you get to the studio. It's just, mm. just a bit of a different, and you know, on some level, obviously working with somebody for a long time, uh, you're just kind of trying to anticipate where they're going next. Sure. Yeah. So, so on the on the subject of Arm and Hammer, um, definitely the latest record has gotten great critical acclaim. Um, have you guys noticed like a bump at all in terms of of your status, paychecks, anything? It seems like your Arm and Hammer is a bigger deal than maybe it was before. Is that is that tangible to you? Um, it's early to say, man. Especially mm. because I feel like uh, some of it is cumulative. Mm. Like Rome was well received. I think that that laid the groundwork for this record coming so right on its heels, but being different in important ways. To sort of, like, I wonder if they've been released in the opposite order, what people would think. But, mm. um, my personal, yeah, it, I mean. On a, on a little level, I mean, to the same extent that to some level there was a change after we did Rome as well. So okay. exponentially, yeah, it seemed that there's been somewhat of an uptick, an interest for people to, you know, look in a few more shows. Um, it's just, it's really early to say okay. anything like that. Gotcha. I Can mean, as far as like physical sales, haven't really seen that yet. And then you have to also think about the strange way in this, which way this record was released because it was available on vinyl for a few months before the wider public heard it, you know? Yeah. As the um, label head, was that your decision? Yeah, it was something that we, I don't think I want to do necessarily every project, but it kind of grew out of, uh, wanting to, a couple different reasons. Some of them grew out of our aesthetic and artistic sort of inclinations or ideas and ethos that maybe people would spend more time with it if uh, it's not streaming online. Mm. Um, and some of it sprung from a desire as somebody running a record label at an extremely um, lean times to experiment with release models and try and find ways that are successful and what works, you know, and I see people, um, you know, I've definitely seen that there's, oh, well, we have the initial release and then later we let it stream so you, you can give some level of exclusivity, some level of an event, some level of a shared moment and not just like, oh, I'll stream that whenever I want to. Sure. Um, but at the same time, uh, I didn't want to do something where it's like, oh, you can, and this is not a shot at anything anyone else is doing, but I, I didn't want to do something where it's like, oh, you can get a download this week and then streaming two weeks from now. Right. I felt like uh, I wanted to make it, which is all, that's totally fine. I was just trying to do it in a way which it's like, you make a big, tangible 
sort of commitment to buying this vinyl. Sure. You know, we're going to give you a couple months to listen to it and appreciate it on its own before anyone else. And that's mm-hmm. not saying yeah. one, one person's a better or more important fan. It's just, you know, saying the way that it is. And I, and I, and I, and I appreciate it. I thought that the experiment had its successes and it was, it was interesting. I said, I don't know if we're going to do every record that way, but... Sure. It's just nice to hear that you're so thoughtful about the release strategy as well as the content. So uh, it's cool that you're, like, considering that, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, also, it's a, it's a, it, it, the margins are tight in this business, mm-hmm. and, um, and we are small fish, mm. so it's important to... You know, I'm not trying to be out here just willy-nilly doing things because it can't probably couldn't absorb more than one or two really bad records of that nature. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, 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 the, the narrow, the narrow margins. Well, um, make since, it always worth your while to think things through. Since we're on topic of, um, running the label, um, you as being the, as the label chief, what have you learned, um, from running a label? Man, I don't know. <laughs> maybe not maybe not all that much I, I don't even know if any of that is interesting to other people i mean mostly i've learned what things i did that didn't work mm. sure um i don't know all right it's a tough one and it's, and it's a broad question and then i'm just like i'm probably not going to say anything that interesting so if i right. have 15 minutes uh i probably won't bother i guess one of the main things i've learned is that um a lot of assumptions that people make when you're on the outside of something, myself included, are different when you're on the inside. Mm. Um, I've learned that uh, I definitely really appreciate being able to be involved in, in creating and bringing to other people pieces of art. Mm. Um, and uh, it's been rewarding to see something through in my life, you know? Um I, uh, when I was a kid, my mom was always yelling on me about starting things and then not always seeing them through, especially mm-hmm. if it got difficult, you know? Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, doing this has been one of the things in my life I would definitely chalk up as like, uh, wherever it ends up, I, 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 I learned a lot about myself and, um, and that was important too, you know, I, stuck with it for a long time so um and i and i'm and i'm proud of it as something that i've done in my life and i'm and i'm proud of the artists whose music we've sort of gotten out there dope dope so we appreciate you taking the time i know you're 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 having dinner can you share with the listeners what you're having (laughs) oh i actually just finished eating but um i had a uh i had a grilled octopus Mm. It was great, Greek style, just some really good olive oil, charred, delicious, very tender, uh, uh, a Greek salad, feta, tomatoes, um, cucumber, um, and uh, some um, some prawns. Okay, okay, kept it, aqu- kept it aquatic. Prawns. It was all seafood, it was all seafood tonight. <laughs> Dope, man. Well, hey, we appreciate you making the time. Thanks for being on the Dead Bod Rap Pod. And, you know, we're big fans of, of your work, the work of Armin Hammer. We'll, we'll be 
on the lookout for new releases. Thank you a lot. Yeah, let me say that um, uh, we didn't get to it, but um, my man Kenny Siegel just put out a record uh, today. Okay. Called uh, Happy Little Trees. It's really good. And yeah, it's so good. I just chilled with the whole thing this afternoon. Cleaning my house is dope. People should check for it. Okay. And me and him have an album coming out together early next year called Hiding Places. Oh, um, awesome. And I think it's my best work. Okay. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, yeah, thanks for sharing that. And um, I haven't even announced that yet, so you guys woo! just got it, and thanks Hell for yeah. having me on. And, um, yeah, hit me back anytime if you need anything. Thanks, Woods. Thanks, really man. appreciate it. Love your music. I appreciate you guys. Seriously. Right on. Peace, man. Thank you. Peace. So there you have it. That was uh, our interview with Billy Woods, um, part of Arm and Hammer. Um, and I, I, I just think he's really interesting. I think he's a fascinating guy. And uh, I think uh, those of you who are rap nerds like us can see why I wouldn't want that interview sitting on my hard drive when I could put it out as a podcast, albeit a short one. Um, just really want to thank him for making time again. And uh, basically... That's going to be the show for today. Um, trust me when I say the next one will be a lot longer and more in-depth. We're uh, feverishly compiling our lists for the end of the year. Um, new Jid just dropped. Earl Sweatshirt dropping on Friday. Um, it's tough to call it a year when there's still a month left, especially with the crazy release cycle that's going on. I myself am struggling with how I'm going to rank artists like Milo or Lucid or Rock Marciano who or Vic Spencer or Chris Crack or any number of people who dropped a variety of interesting projects. Um, in some cases, like Rock Marciano, great projects. Um, and I'm thinking, and this is, you know, spoiler alert, but no one cares, uh, Paraffin by Arm & Hammer will be my album of the year. That's the best rap album of this year, and I'm pretty confident in that, but if you tune in next week and uh, I've changed my mind, it's just because there's so much good music out there, which is a good situation to be in. So um, what I'd like to point your guys' attention to before we cut out here is on Nerdtorious.com, um, Dave published an early interview with Billy Woods in 2013, um, and it was actually written by Dean Van Nguyen. Um, who's, uh, you know, one of the most interesting and, uh, thoughtful hip hop journalists. Um, he actually lives in Ireland and publishes a lot of his work there, but he also writes for passion of the Weiss. And he did this piece for Nerdorious, And it's where I kind of first found out about, um, Billy Woods. And I would really highly recommend you reading it. Um, Awesome little moment at the end there where he gives the plug for the Kenny Siegel album, Happy Little Trees. I can fully back that up. Um, I am always looking for things to play in the morning. Like when I wake up with my wife on a like weekend morning and it's not quite time for like some hardcore hip hop yet, but I want to hear some beats while I'm making my coffee, frying my eggs, and Happy Little Trees has really fulfilled that um, role for me. I think it's a very good album, and you guys heard... 
that you heard it here first. Billy Woods and Kenny Siegel album coming next year. Can't wait for that. Um, we'll be all over that when it drops. Um, he's probably said it somewhere else now because this was recorded a couple of weeks ago, but super cool of him to mention that and just to be so kind to us. And as I was sitting there listening back to it, I was struck several times by how much his speaking voice sounds like the comedian Reggie Watts. Um, but anyway, uh, last thing, I just want to thank um, Practicos, who's a producer who submitted the beats for today. Um, they're all in kind of an ambient um, hip-hop vein, a um, little bit different than what we usually do. But since he was nice enough to submit them, I wanted to use some. So thank you, Practicos. We'll shout you out on social as well. Um, that's it for Dad Bod Rap Pod this week. Thanks for tuning into the little junior episode here. Um, hope it was worth your limited amount of time. And listen to some Billy Woods, listen to some Arm & Hammer, listen to some Kenny Siegel, and uh, the world will be a better place. Peace for uh, David Ma and Damone Carter. My name is Nate LeBlanc, and this is Dad Bod Rap Pod. And a one and a two. We want to thank you for listening to another dope episode of the Dad Bod Rap Pod. More fly conversation and interviews coming your way every week. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Pod, And we're always down to interact with you on Twitter at DadBodRapPod, all spelled out. Subscribe on Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes.